There are many sports podcasts out there, but only this one is right on. Our breakdown of every team's 2020 NFL season continues as we wrap up the AFC South with the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars today on the Right On Sports Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Right On Sports Podcast. We appreciate you stopping by today. I'm Kyle Wright. I'm here with my co-host Marcus Wisner. And Marcus, we got a hell of a show today. Yes, we do, man. Um, Talking about the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's special because we have a hot off the press topic to discuss today. Yeah, dude, it's it's like perfect for so many reasons, right? Because usually... Like this conversation or this uh, breaking news would have come out tomorrow, like after after we've recorded this segment, after we've done all this. But here we are. We actually have something to talk about before our segment starts. So it's perfect, man. I'm, I'm excited for it. And it's also special because both of our guests today are are really close to us in different ways. Like our, our Tennessee Titans fan is my buddy, David. Uh, David Hayes. We work, we work together at, on the radio. We've played softball together for, I think, the better part of seven or eight years now. And we've got a great relationship. And then our Jags fan is one of our great sponsors, uh, Chef Chris Enfinger over at Bo's Restaurant. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for this. It's going to be a good show. Yeah, this could be, you know, before we did the whole AFC South, we we're like, Ugh, you know, the AFC South. <laughs> I mean, who wants to talk about, you know, the Jags and the, the Colts? I mean, they're you know, doing good things, but the Texans are kind of, you know, if you listen to our last episode, it was kind of hard to talk about that because there's really nothing positive to say from what they did. But this episode with the guests we have, it makes it a whole lot better. So that's been really good. You know, we ripped the AFC South, though, and then we bounced back to each other and we're like, well, damn, this this division has two teams that from the outside looking in, you could think like these guys could be sleepers this year in the AFC, like Indianapolis and Tennessee. I, yeah, you're absolutely correct. But you on the upside, you got two teams who could be battling for the number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody's going to get Trevor Lawrence. Like, we don't know. Somebody has to get him next year. So it could be the Jags. <laughs> Somebody has no to get out. We'll see what Chef Chris has to say later on about the Jags. But for now, before we get into the Tennessee Titans, we want to do what we do on every episode. We want to shout out our great sponsors. First of all, KL Skaggs Heating and Air LLC. Guys, it's already hot. It's I mean, I don't even know how else to tell you. It You step outside, it's hot. And if you don't want to step inside and have it still be hot, Make sure that your air conditioning unit is in working order. Make sure everything is good to go. Give these guys a call, 850-238-5414. Great people over at KL Skaggs. And you're going to hear more from him later, but Bo's Restaurant on 2304 Thomas Drive here in Panama City Beach. Their phone number is 850-775-1828. Best breakfast on the beach. Best breakfast in Bay County. I'll just go ahead and throw that out there. Uh, they have an outside eating area, so if you're scared of the Rona, like I mean, very reasonably so, so you could sit outside to avoid human contact. They have a drive-through. They, I mean, they have everything you could want. Plus, best fried chicken I've ever had. So go check out Bo's Restaurant. We'll hear more from Chef Chris later in this episode. All right, Marcus. So we're going to talk about the Tennessee Titans in this segment. Yes, we are a team that we've we've been excited to talk about. And, and it's what's really interesting is the first topic is going to be Derrick Henry. Right. And we um we we honestly had this question typed out already that he, that Tennessee will not be reaching a long-term deal with Derrick Henry before Wednesday's deadline. Yeah, that's because according to what I have read and what I saw and the reports on Twitter and everything like that there was not going to be a long-term deal in place. And then all of a sudden, right Boom. before, and I mean literally right before, 4 p.m. the Eastern time, the deadline at 3.35 p.m., guess what happens? Ta-da! We get a new deal agreed between Tennessee and Derrick Henry. I love it, man. I love it. And we have a great fan on the phone with us right now to talk about those Tennessee Titans. Uh, our buddy, my boy, David Hayes. What's up, man? What? Up, y'all love the Ride On podcast. Love KL Skaggs heating in there, and I absolutely love 
Bo's Meat and Two. Oh my gosh, where else can you go and get some sides like that? I mean, the meat is amazing, but golly, I never tasted sides that were that dang good. Dude, I gotta tell you, their potato salad is like the best damn thing I've ever out had. of this world. It's like Dude, Asian it... potato salad. <laughs> I love it. Well, hey, David, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Hey, guys, listen, I'm an avid listener of the Right On podcast, first off. I also do a little production for 104.3 ESPN Panama City. And outside of that, me and my buddy Kyle, we go way back playing softball together, doing sports talk together. Either way it goes, anything we do, we're like butter and toast because we do it together. Also, Marcus Wisner, oh, my. Gosh, man, this guy is production out of this world. Just want to say thank you to you guys so much for having me on today. Hey, dude. Hey, no hey, problem appreciate it, man. No problem. My we appreciate the kind words. Uh, and everybody <laughs> listening, uh, we did not pay David to say that. I just want to point that out there. We did <laughs> no, not no. pay him no, to say that. No, you don't got to pay me to say that, man. You guys are awesome. I'm so excited <laughs> to be on here with you guys today. <laughs> Oh, we need a little ego boost every now and again. It, it's good to hear. It's good to hear. Well, right, right. Honestly, uh, if you guys are ready, I'll throw it to you, Marcus, for the first question. Yeah, I'm ready to get, go ahead and talk about these Titans. You ready, David? Yeah, I'm absolutely ready, man. Throw All it right, man. You. Like I mentioned before, hot off the press. Derek Henry just signed a new contract, four-year, $50 million, $25.5 million guaranteed. That's going to put him at about $12.5 million, uh, fifth largest uh, contract for a running back. As a fan, tell us how you feel about it and discuss who are the winners and losers are from this uh, contract. I love it. First off, this is uh, one of those signings that we didn't expect to happen. We honestly, yesterday, as we got the news, we were expecting Derrick Henry to play 2020 under a franchise tag. So with that, you know, we as Titan fans come into today and we find out that we're getting Derrick Henry for four years, $50 million, 25 and a half of that's going to be guaranteed. And a lot of us are like, heck yeah. And my thing is this, I would have been more apt to let him sit there with the franchise tag because he's got to earn this money, right? Not like he hasn't earned it already, but the thing is, is if we have him sit under that franchise tag and come in and run as hard as he can, then he's less apt to become that Ezekiel Elliott, that that Le'Veon Bell running back that we've seen in the past. A lot of these guys, they want these contracts, and then in turn, when they get the contract, become more or less of a, can I say this, a bum? I mean, like, look at Zeke last year coming in looking like a McDouble. Look at Le'Veon. He spends his year, you know, complaining with the Steelers and everything, and then comes back with the Jets. And it's, it's not like he did anything special. And now he's complaining about his Madden attributes as it is now this year, and he didn't have that great of a year last year. So in my opinion, I think that is wonderful that the Tennessee Titans sat down and told Derrick Henry, hey, look, we think you're an important piece to these Tennessee Titans. They got a deal done, and now here we are. And I, I think it's the, the best for both sides on this, the Tennessee Titans get a great running back, and Derrick Henry gets a home for the next four years. I'm going to go ahead and say something real quick to contradict what you're saying. Uh, I think both Derrick Henry and the Titans lost on this deal. I'll, okay. I'll say why. First off, Derrick Henry, he got a got the, for being the number one rushing leader in the NFL last year, got the fifth one largest. Year. One year. Yep. I mean, but still the most recent, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. In the last four years, he, his production has went up almost 300%. So the volume that he's getting is a lot more than what he's receiving in pay, uh, considering that, you know, as a running back, when you make those carries, you're getting hit. It's just, it's going to happen. Um, but secondly, this deal is only his, the only years that are guaranteed for his contract are two, his first two years. After that, they could cut him, trade him on the third year and Tennessee doesn't owe him any money like at all. So that's why Derrick Henry lost on that. Cause he's not, it's good. I mean, it's just, it's business. Like I, as soon as I saw that, I honestly 
the first thing that came to mind is they're keeping him on a two-year deal. And on that third year, if he is not a top three leader in rushing with touchdowns or yards, he will not be a Titan by his third year of his contract. That's just my prediction. Absolutely. It's very tough for a running back to make money in this league in and outside of itself anyways. So the fact that he was willing to give his time to Tennessee like that, as a Tennessee Titans fan, it makes me ecstatic that he's not worried about what he has to do to get a contract. He's got the contract. Is it the best? No. Was he the rushing leader in 2019? Absolutely so. Yep. But right behind him is a guy, Christian McCaffrey, you know, that not only run, rushes the ball extremely well, but out of the backfield with his hands is one of the greatest to ever do it. So my thing is that the hunger is still there for Derrick Henry, and that is what makes me excited. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, too, where – that like the hunger and everything like it's we know that he's talented and on top of that from the Tennessee tight standpoint while they lost between Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry uh total mm-hmm. guarantee money that they're committing to on those two players 87.5 million dollars yeah. between two people and it's not like they kept their top five line. they lost Jack Conklin as, as a Pro Bowl yeah. lineman and so now you have lying. to upgrade that offense, you know, make sure the offense line is still doing their job to protect their key piece. And if something happens to Derrick Henry, a concussion, a knee injury, I mean, running backs do fall apart. And at that point, I mean, Kyle knows as a Dolphins fan, uh, when the show, <laughs> when when the when the team revolves around Ryan Tannehill and the offensive line is not top tier. I mean, you're, now you're looking at a team for a Tennessee team that could could be ten and six, twelve and four. To now we're looking at seven, six and ten, seven and nine because of you know committing all of the all the money in the cap space to two you know uh, promising players. You know, I'll I'll take it to you, Kyle. Well, well, I mean, you could. I'm sorry. Go ahead, David. I just want to say this real fast. Well, you as a Rams fan can directly relate to that with Todd Gurley. Go ahead, Kyle. Who, who's a Rams fan? He's a cowboy. Oh, you're not a yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not a Cowboys cowboy. fan. <laughs> delete it. Delete it. Get it out of there. My statement is no. Back to you, Kyle. Walker, <laughs> you heard that. <laughs> okay, so um so first of all, the 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 offensive line comment, that you could you can make that argument with any any quarterback ever. I mean, in the history of the game. I mean, Dan Marino couldn't win a Super Bowl because he had a horrible offensive line. Now, Tannehill's not Dan Marino, obviously we know that, but you can make that comment about any quarterback. I mean, they have a horrible offensive line. They're not going to be good. Look at, I don't know. All right, that's a different conversation. But Derrick Henry, to me, I think Derrick Henry loses a little bit here. I think he is a, uh, especially the way he performed last year, the the last um, 10 games of the regular season and, of course, the three playoff games. I think that he was definitely worth, maybe not to be the highest paid, but at least the second or third highest paid running back in the league. Um, but this does work out well for Tennessee because if he if he does decide to pull a Zeke or a Le'Veon Bell and just completely fluke out now, they can get out of this after two years. So they're not going to be paying him in 2023 if he's still not producing. So I think that this this deal works out really well. W- one little note about Derrick Henry that I want to make: volume equals numbers. Derrick Henry has to get the ball 25 to 30 times if he's going to be effective in a game. David, you can attest for this because you're an Alabama fan too. At Alabama, he was getting 35 to 40. Well, 35 to 40 carries a game he was getting at Alabama. And this is that, you know, he'd he'd go for one, then he'd go for three yards, and then he'd go for four yards, then he'd go for two yards. And then all of a sudden, he's wearing this defense down, and then he's busting 75, 80 yard runs. And that is Derrick Henry's game. And I, I um I think it he's definitely worthy of being the second or third highest paid running back. So. I like. All right. I mean, I okay. I'm sorry, uh, but I, I definitely like that. But I have no problem with with him being sitting at five because it makes him hungry, and a hungry right. football player produces more than someone who's already fed. I do yeah. like that take. I I think if Todd Gurley didn't do what Todd Gurley did. People, uh, teams would not be scared to give running backs larger salaries. You, you know what I mean? Right. They. But well, look at yeah. Zeke. I mean, Zeke whoa. is a prime example. Look at him. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, now we're into <laughs> your territory. I see it. But what I'm Zeke was suspended six him. games and still was top five in rushing yards. I'm, I'm just fair. saying. We'll leave it alone. 
Deke is a we'll beast. leave that alone. But let's come to next year, and then we'll was have a beast. conversation 365 oh. days from now. Yeah, yeah. Was, okay. Was a beast. Zeke was a beast before he went to Cabo in the offseason and gained like 100 pounds. Love it, Kyle. Love it, Kyle. But I love you too, Marcus. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the second question here. So speaking of long-term deals, quarterback Ryan Tannehill received one this offseason. He's going to be making the sixth most uh, money in terms of guaranteed money this season, and his uh, his contract is ninth in total value. Uh, that was, of course, before Patrick Mahomes signed. But do you feel like he deserved this, or do you feel like this was a little premature? I mean, my thinking is this. Duke comes in, takes over for Marcus Mariota franchise quarterback and this guy takes us to what a lot of fans would call a promised land i'm a tennessee titans fan i i i'll go there i'll say it was the promised land i mean we make it there and in the hands of marcus Mariota being the quarterback and derrick henry being the running back it's like almost an 80% play call. And this is from a fan's perspective. From an NFL perspective, I can't give you that. I've never played in the game. But from a, pan, from a fan's perspective, I would say it's almost an 80% chance that the Tennessee Titans call the run play. And with that, defensive coordinators, they're not dumb. They, they sit there, they study your game film all week long, and then they know which way you're going to kind of be going. So if it's all run, if you know, Marcus Mariota's pass play chances end up actually being a 50% chance of a pass play, then they're going to be preparing for the run. But then Tannehill comes in, proves not only can he hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and no fumbles happen, but he can throw the ball. He can make play action happen better than what Mariota can. So I think then Tannehill taking over the job for Mariota opens up the offense a little bit more. You know what I mean? And then these, these things start to happen and fall in line. So the deal to me, a little much. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't think that Tannehill is one of the best top 10 standalone quarterbacks in the NFL. But what he can do with a team is a lot different than what he can do by himself. A team, if, if that's your mantra, if that's your motto, if that's what you're getting into, is a lot more important than whatever a singular quarterback could do. That's why Tom Brady's so successful. He gives up pay cuts and has the team around him. Then you have a Patrick Mahomes, who I think will be very successful. But if he thinks about himself more than he thinks about the team, nah, I'm good. I'll bet against what's the odds. Let's go that way. That's my thinking on it. I think that Tannehill is sitting in a great place. Paid a little bit too much, but if you can get us to the AFC Championship, why can't you get us to the bowl? You know, a little um, little thing I want to hit on before I send it over to you, Marcus. To, Ryan Tannehill, absolutely not. Is he a top 10 quarterback in the league? No. But in terms of play action, Ryan Tannehill very well might be a top five One quarterback when you look, when, when you look at it like that. Maybe top three, exactly. And he he's, I don't know, man, that, that part of his game has always been just so good. And I, I'm excited as a Dolphins fan to see him get this second win, to get this real opportunity that he never got in Miami. Because the, the couple years that he was able to stay healthy in Miami when he wasn't getting sacked 50, 60 times, he was, he was phenomenal. He got us to the playoffs. He couldn't start the playoff game because he was hurt. But, he, I mean, he, he won 10 games with Miami, and the, the guy's a good quarterback, and I'm glad to see him get his. And with that, I'll throw it to you, Marcus. I, I'm i going to say it's a little premature, and I say that because this is the first – it was the first year that Tannehill has been under the system. And it's like any thriving rookie uh, quarterback. Uh, look at RG3. First year that he was with the Redskins, he absolutely flourished. The second year, it was not not as good. Uh, I'm not discrediting anything as far as Tannehill's ability, considering that in the games he played, he he had 2,742 yards, 22 touchdowns, and six interceptions. That's pretty efficient, considering that that's better than as far as touchdown-interception ratio of Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan, who also both of them played uh, more games than Tannehill did. But the fact is, is, what was the quarterback market for Tannehill going to be like if he didn't sign with Tennessee? Was he going to get 
you know, the uh, contract no. he, he deserved. Yeah, $118 million total value contract and, no way. Um, and $62 million guaranteed. So when I say premature, I mean the value of what he got. I feel like Tennessee could have gotten for a lot less considering they gave up a six-round pick to trade to Miami for him. And now in return, they're g- giving him franchise quarterback money. Um, if he flourishes and does well enough and takes them, you know, wins a division or takes them to the playoffs after – a full season after you know teams have the offseason to look at the film and see how the system changes with Tannehill and Derrick Henry both in the offense. Then obviously we'll go from being premature to being correct. But as of right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards more on the uh, premature side than uh, if you know than um, correct what they need, deserved on that one. Hey, but real quick, Marcus, before we get on to the next one. In my opinion, what the Tennessee Titans really should have done is they should have waited till now to do Derrick Henry's contract. Never do Ryan Tannehill's, right? Let him play under the franchise tag or after he sees that Derrick Henry is the most important piece to this puzzle, which maybe um, some people don't agree with, but that's my thing is that Ryan Tannehill did come in and open up Derrick Henry's ability but it was Derrick Henry's ability that opened up Ryan Tannehill. So I think that as the Titans should have went with Derrick Henry, contract first, get him out of the way, let him know that he's numero uno, and then made a deal with Ryan Tannehill, and then making a deal after Mahomes makes your deal a little bit lighter in your wallet. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I don't think anybody feels that Tannehill made Derrick Henry better. Uh, anybody who thinks that needs to rewatch, rewatch football and rewatch the Tennessee Titans last year, uh, Derrick Henry was—I mean, he was carrying that franchise under the well, l- the last bit he could when Mariota was under there center. There you go, Kyle. Jump in now. Now okay. listen. You think that, right? He did. He didn't make Derrick Henry better, but Derrick Henry was—he was almost a—he was a non-factor before Tannehill took over. He was averaging like three and. A- well, okay, he was uh, virtually he was averaging like three and a half yards per carry. He was, I mean, in the last 44, 178, 28, all the games that Marcus Mariota was playing. And this is what I'm saying, dude. In the Denver game, and and this is and he he averaged like what one point two yards per carry in that game, and it was it was horrible. And but before right. Tannehill was able to take over and open up the game, it's a respectable passing game. It's going to happen in any world. Zeke wouldn't be good if Dak couldn't throw the ball. It's just the way it is. It's just, I mean, that's the way it goes. So, Marcus, I'll throw it back to you. Yep. All right. So, we'll talk about the Titans offseason you guys had. Um, You guys were actually ranked 25th with offseason moves made. And also, on the retrospective, you lost Jack Conklin and Logan Ryan, which still found out he still hasn't been signed yet. Uh, there have been some rumors also, too, that you guys are interested in signing Jadavian Clowney, but no moves have been made with that either. Uh, should your team have done more, or are you content with the roster going forward for this upcoming season? I'll be honest with you, Marcus. Jack Conklin is actually a huge loss to us. Um, you know, Taylor Wan was suspended for the first four games of last season, all right? And a lot of people attribute last season's early struggles with Marcus Mariota. But I will tell you right now, Roger Roger Saffold, our left guard, is a veteran in the NFL. But Taylor Lewan is our heartbeat. He's our passion. So when he's not in the game, the blood don't stream the same if that makes sense, all right? And having Roger Saffold, a veteran, when he got used to the offense, this is why we made it to the postseason, because you get these guys who's been there, who knows how the system works, and preach it to the other players, and they pick it up, and they take it forward. That's why we went last year, whereas everyone else is just adding these Oshkosh pieces, these pieces, and – they don't make the same strides that we made because we, we picked up not only just pieces, but, but pieces to chemistry. And chemistry is such an important piece to all sports. And so when the Titans don't have Jack Conklin, that affects the chemistry. So who goes into that right, t- that right tackle position? I mean, that is going to be something that hurts us, Jack Conklin. Not just that being clowny when we get over to the defensive side. 
All right. We did lose Jarrell Casey. That is going to be something that stings us from here to 2021. Absolutely, no doubt. But we picked up some pieces now. Don't forget about that. Vic Beasley. You know, Vic Beasley is somebody who has been forgotten about in the Atlanta defense. But when he comes to a team that can actually be worth their salt, who like knows it. what can happen? It, it could be amazing. You know what I mean? Um, he could have a resurgence of a career somewhat as Yasiel Puig coming onto a team that has Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies, guys that are still having fun with the game. It could reinform them of the fun, the love that they used to have for the game. So that's how I kind of liken Vic Beasley to. And so Jadevian Clowney, he's the only thing that he had a positive in last year that he didn't have any of the other years before was an interception. One interception, tackles down. Um, so my opinion there is that losing Jarrell Casey is going to hurt, but picking up Jadevian Clowney isn't necessarily going to fix that. So I, I say what else can happen between now and then? So, uh, first of all, I want to hit on Logan Ryan. Uh, the reason he's oh, still unsigned, uh, I mean, he he's still unsigned right now because he's asking for, like, top five corner money. He he, he was all but signed to be a Miami Dolphin, um, but he, the, his, oh. his contract demands are a little ridiculous. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That would have. No, no, you're fine. I'm just saying if Logan Ryan goes to the Miami Dolphins and you consider the Miami Dolphins a pretender, you're absolutely wrong. The Miami Dolphins added a quarterback? Oh, my goodness. Adding a quarterback like Logan Ryan? That might be a top-five team in and of themselves. Come on. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tua Tagovailoa, all the veterans they've added. Miami Dolphins, you better watch out for the Miami Dolphins this year. Just saying. Just a fun fact about the Dolphins, and then we're going to get back to the Titans. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, he is the only player on the Dolphins roster over the age of 30. And that's just a just a little crazy little tidbit right there for that, you. You know why that's fun? Because I'm almost 30. Holy <laughs> Prep, man, <laughs> then guys are gonna be good. And he was the no, leading but, rusher last year too. Say what? And, I said. And, and Ryan Fitzpatrick was the Miami Dolphins' leading rusher. Not this year, yeah, though. They got not this year. Yeah, no, not they this year. Matt but Breida. last year he was <laughs> thunder and oh thunder and lightning this season, baby. Matt Breida with you. Jordan Howard. That's gonna be a good team. Oh, Jordan Howard. Hey, you know what? Look up a fun fact. Jordan Howard has outrushed and received my boy Derrick Henry since they've they were, both been drafted in 2016. It's a little crazy stat for you. There's your the crazy stat brought to you by David Hayes. It's a that's <laughs> perfect. But um, so back to it here. I, I really thought they should have done a little bit more to beef up the positions that they lost. Um, Clowney's kind of the same story as Logan Ryan. I think he's asking for ridiculous numbers and it's showing right now and he can't, he can't get on a team. And I mean, and he's being nit, he's nitpicking about who he goes and plays for. And it, it's not going to be good for him in the end. Look how it worked out for Melvin Gordon. Now he's a Bronco and his career is over in my opinion. But well, um, let, me, let me put you on another rant, Dak Prescott. We'll see. I mean, we'll see, oh, uh, wow, you know, all you got I'm well, listen. On that. Well, listen. I will say one thing about Dak Prescott because our Cowboys episode is in two weeks. Okay. He he's making these ridiculous demands, and he he wants to be paid like a top five quarterback, and he's not a top five quarterback. And the the thing with Dak Prescott is, if he goes down next year, and Andy Dalton gets a chance to play behind that offensive line with that running back with those receivers, Dak Prescott's going to be exactly what happened to Tony Romo, bro. He's gone. Line, man. That's such a good take, bro. I, I honestly, Andy Dalton's not a bad quarterback. Go look at his years and show me a bad year statistically that Andy Dalton's had. You can't and find one. Show me a good offensive line on those Cincinnati Bengals that the Dallas Cowboys have. You're so right, bro. Wow, yeah. man. I ain't even thought of that. I'm going to, Marcus, I could see you boiling. I can't wait to do the Cowboys episode. It's going to be uh, a fun one. We had a whole episode on Dak Prescott's contract thing, but. It's, yeah, I by mean, the way, if you're listening, go look at that one. That was a good episode. 
Yeah, there really was. What a plug right. right there. And also, Marcus, I can't believe you're a Cowboys fan. Hey, man. Holy, I really <laughs> did think you were a Rams fan. I mean, nope. You can cut this out if you want to, but I really did think you were. Nope, I am not a not an L.A. Rams fan. <laughs> I can't even think right, of what so... to call them between the L.A. Rams and the St. Louis Rams most of the time. Golly. Lane Lewis. All right. <laughs> All right, uh, so the reason we do this, wins and losses, you're looking at the schedule. Yes, love it. Love How it. do you have the Titans doing? All right, so first game is going to be against the Broncos, which we've had a little bit of murmurs coming out that that might be canceled, but the the common denominator that I come from is that it's fans are being canceled from that game, but the game is going to be played. So we're going to do win-losses, from week one all the way to week 17, a.k.a. week 16, or who knows how many weeks we're going to play. But Titans-Broncos, I got that as a W. I think the Broncos are still learning what they've got going. I don't think that Drew Locke is going to be the, the quarterback that people think that he could be. So week two, we've got the Jaguars. Same thing, Minshew, whoever you got back there. Leonard Fournette, like Marcus Wisner said, or Wisner said earlier, He's a baller, but how often does he actually get going? Titans and Vikings, I'm going to give that as a dub to the Vikings. The Vikings are young, but I think they got it going on. So I'm going to say 2-1 and one as of week three. Titans in the favor, 2-1. to one. Titans and Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger might be back. But I'm not going to give it to their offense, no Antonio Brown. Juju still didn't get the chance last year to have the chemistry built with Ben. So I'm going to say Titans. I'm going to say 3-1. Then we're going to go to the Bills. Listen, if we're in Buffalo's house right here, I'll give it to a win in favor of Buffalo because I do think out of the AFC East, they're going to be a threat this year. But I'm going to say 4-1 Titans right here. We're going into week six, Titans-Texans. Hey, Bill O'Brien, you cannot do it all. You're just the coach, not the GM, man. The coach, give that roll up. So I'm going to say six and one, or Titans over the Texans right here. All right, so right there, that's got us at two and oh, two and one, three and one, four and one, five and one. And then we're going in, Bengals, Titans, seven and one. Going to the Bears, eight and one. Going to the Colts, we're at the house, nine and one. Going to the Ravens, a hey, Lamar Jackson is going to be trying to prove a point this year. Nine and two, Ravens win. Going to the Colts' house, it's been a long time since we beat them consistently. Consistently in Indianapolis, nine and three. Going to the Browns, I imagine them to be, dare I say it, a shit show this year. So I'm going to say 10 and 3 right there. Jaguars 11 and 3. Lions 12 and 3. Packers 12 and 4. Somewhere that math got messed up. Yeah. Somewhere that did get messed up. Anyways, I think the total to be 11 and 5, though, honestly, I thought this up earlier. I got messed up, and we can redo this since it's easier replaced in but 11 and 5 is what i think the total to be i got you guys um i got you guys 12 and 4 uh losing week three at vikings week five at the bills week um i actually got actually have you guys upsetting baltimore in week 11 um wow nice well i just i mean I believe that Lamar Jackson against uh, Tennessee's defense is going to be it's going to be tough, and it's going to be a good a good run run defense game. I think. Um, but I, wonder, I, I I'm that? sorry to, to cut you off real quick, but I wonder if uh, this if like in or Tennessee could be like the kryptonite. You know, like um, every great quarterback has always had their kryptonite. Um, Peyton Manning, really? uh, it was the freaking San Diego Chargers, dude. He he could not. Antonio Cromartie tore Peyton Manning up, and uh, every every great quarterback has always had that. Uh, Tom Brady with the Giants, it's 
So I'm wondering maybe if the Titans can build that. Uh, I mean, I'm not be... saying anything, but Tom, but Tom Brady's last throw as a Patriot is a pick six against the Titans. I mean, yeah, but it was out of that game, and I think Lamar Jackson's trying to get that Patrick Mahomes going on this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I mean, every you can't, you can't make a prediction, you can't make easy, easy guesses. Um, that's gonna be my, uh, what you'd like to call wild pick for that week. I, I just think that Tennessee might have something against them in Baltimore. Um, but nonetheless, hey, we might, you might get me to bet against my team that week. If you're willing to do a little <laughs> money right there. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I got you guys losing week three, week five, week 12 in Indianapolis. And then week 17 at the, at Texans. I say week oh, 17. No, you're crazy. I hold on. I say week seventeen because you guys are already going to be clinching the playoff spot, so you're going to be resting your starters. See, you got to think. You got you got to think a little outside the box (laughs) on that one. You know, we when you already have when you already clinch a playoff spot. You know that last game doesn't really mean a whole lot. So they're rest the starters. That's going to happen. So I I really do think that the Colts are going to be fighting, though. I really do think that the Colts and the Titans are going to be fighting for the AFC South. I think so too. I have um I have the Titans at eleven and five this year. I think it's a very I think they could have been better. I think if they would have addressed some of these losses, they could have been a twelve, thirteen, maybe even a fourteen win team. I mean, they they've got good chemistry for the offense. We'll see how AJ Brown can bounce bounce back on his oh, on his it. uh second full year. But uh, I got them losing the week one. I have them losing at Denver. Uh, it's a tough place to play. We're going to just play hypotheticals and pretend like there's going to be people there. Uh, it's a tough atmosphere uh, week one. And then you, I got them losing to Pittsburgh. I have them losing at Baltimore, losing at Indianapolis, and then losing at Green Bay. Playing at Lambeau in December, that doesn't seem like it's going to be good for those guys. Uh, Derek yeah. Henry being a Alabama, Florida native, <laughs> and Ryan Tannehill being a uh, playing in – Florida and Tennessee, his whole career, pretty much, other than college. So I, I, I think they're going to struggle in that game. Could be an ass whooping. We'll see. But uh, you never want to go to Lambeau in December or January. It's just not good. Uh, I think that's probably more about Green Bay than anything. But who will be quarterbacking them by then? Will it be Jordan? Yes, Love? I love that I, you said that. I love that you said that. <laughs> what a weird, weird situation going on over here, man. What a weird. All right, so we have a minute and twenty seconds left. So, David, I need you to give out your final thoughts. Hey, listen. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Kyle, for letting me come on to the Right On Pro- Podcast. I had a great time. What else can you ask for other than talking football with some bros? Listen to 104.3 ESPN Panama City. Hey, Kyle, you can cut this out if you need to. Yeah, I'll get no that problem. plug in there. And, <laughs> and then also, Bose Front Beach Strive got to get their best sides, best meat in town. And then also, Kale Skaggs Heating and Air. Where else would you rather go to get your cool on? Absolutely, man. Well, we appreciate you giving us your time. And everybody else, stay put. We'll be right back with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Planning a trip to Disney can be extremely stressful. More stressful than it should be. That's why when my wife and I took our honeymoon there, we used Adventures with Allie. Allie planned our entire trip for us from the moment we left our home to the moment we left Orlando, and everything was absolutely perfect. The best part about it is that Allie's services are 100% complimentary. She even allows you to make payments on your trip, which was extremely useful for us at the time because we were new parents. Book your trip to Disney or even Universal today by contacting Allie via email at Allie, that's A-L-L-Y, at glassslipperconcierge.com or by simply messaging her on her Facebook page, Adventures with Allie, specializing in Disney travel and more. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for staying with us. On the phone with us right now, we have a great friend of us, a great sponsor of our show, and unfortunately, a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, but that's his own problem. We have Chef Chris Enfinger on the line. What's up, Chris? What's up, Kyle? How are you today, bro? Uh, you know, uh, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but life's uh, life's a little crazy in this household right now. Yeah, understandable. But uh, right. so we're gonna get we're gonna get into this. But um, I mean, I talk about you every week. 
but I still would like to give you the opportunity to tell our fans a little bit more about yourself. All right. So I'm, uh, my name's Chris Infinger, not Chef Chris. Chef is not my first name, <laughs> but a lot of people call me that. So I am the owner of Bose in Panama City Beach, Florida, and it's on Thomas Drive, right down the street from the great St. Andrews State Park. Most people know where that is. Um, so I've been doing it for a long time. I uh, started cooking when I was 15 and now at 30. My dream was by 30, own my own place. I figured that one out. I got it. And uh, now I own bows and I make fried chicken every day. It's pretty good. And y'all should come try it. And Kyle's mentioned about probably at least eight or 10 times about your smoked meatloaf, man. So the smoked meatloaf is really good. Um, but we don't do it every day. We only do it one day a week. And that's usually where the complications come in with folks. Is you can, I guarantee you we have fried chicken every day. And it's, it's good fried chicken too, dude. But I mean, if you wanted me to, I could sit here and I could label every single day, every single special of every day, except for Saturday, because that's all day breakfast. So I got, I got yeah, this whole if, thing covered, man. If, uh, and everyone that's listening knows if they follow Kyle on Facebook, they can tell. <laughs> Just messing with you, bro. I, every time I see Kyle come into the restaurant, I'm always like, dude, you literally grew like seven inches taller. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and seven inches rounder, baby. Let's go. And oh, food my ain't... God. Okay. <laughs> the fried chicken is not for the, uh, not for the tight pants. No, that's where I'm no, gonna, it's for no. NFL fans. No, NFL it is for fans. NFL fans. <laughs> it is. It's really good stuff. Well, Marcus, I'm going to throw it to you, man. Let's get this thing rolling. All right, man. So we'll go ahead and start off with the first question we have here for your Jaguars. So I came up with this one pretty pretty uniquely. but So we got the definition of revamped. Give new and improved form, structure, or appearance to. Would you say this perfectly fits your Jacksonville Jaguars, especially from the moves they made this offseason? Um, they definitely revamped. What we don't know is did they revamp in the right direction. Um, you know, some of the things on – when you take a, a defensive line and you change it from four minutes from a Super Bowl appearance, I mean, that's that's kind of like, hey, man, you know, these guys almost made a Super Bowl together. Maybe we shouldn't screw with it too much. So they've gotten rid of a lot of those guys uh, in Doc and you know, in and out of discussions with people. And he's really like the anchor there. We got rid of Campbell. And I'm just thinking from a defensive line standpoint alone, even that, that, yeah, it's a revamp, but we just don't know yet if it's a better one. And if it's a better one, it better get us to the Super Bowl because we're really close. And if it's a worse one, what do you do from there, Dave Caldwell, you know? Um, so I'm interested to see where, where it's going. and. Yeah, we're for sure that they've revamped. Definitely on the defensive side of the ball. Um, we just don't know if it's going to be good or not yet. You mentioned that Super Bowl team, and it's a, just a completely different feel because from that team, obviously, like you said, Calais Campbell's gone. Uh, which was I'm sorry, was that before Campbell even got there when that team made that run, or was he on that team? No, I, I think he was. I can't remember. Maybe he wasn't. I'm not sure, but. I, would like I was going to say, I, I was either it was either his first year there or it was the year before because I remember him getting traded there from Arizona. It wasn't. He wasn't there. He wasn't. Okay, but no. I remember because I remember him getting traded there and thinking to myself, "Oh my God, this is going to be the thing that well, sends them to the next level." And then now here we are, four, five, what, three, four years later, and Telvin Smith's gone, Jalen Ramsey's gone, AJ Boye is gone, Barry Church is gone, Jonathan Cyprian's gone. That whole defense has just taking a whole like a big hit and it's um yeah. it's tough to see as somebody you know because like i i say this a couple times usually joking but it's the truth I, i'm a miami dolphins fan and oftentimes you got to find a backup plan being a fan of the dolphins so i like to follow the the bucks the falcons the jags like the uh, the teams in this area that i could drive and go watch play i like to watch them play and um i like before so, you go ahead, before you go, go ahead. before you go to that he wasn't traded he was signed from uh denver they gave him a massive contract. That's why he went there. He went for the money. Okay, okay. Well, that makes sense then. Yep, yep. Well, well, let's move on here to this uh, to the second question then. 
Uh, as mentioned, defensive end Yannick Ngakwe and running back Leonard Fournette, they've both expressed uh, frustrations on many occasions, uh, one being with no contract negotiations and the other just really wants to not be in Jacksonville. So as a fan, give us your input on your team's performance and do you believe these two players will be on the roster come trade deadline? Uh, I do think they're going to get traded. Um, I would trade them if they don't want to be there and you can get something of equal value or better. Obviously, that's how that works. Um, but they're also probably, in my opinion, the two best players on the team, um, which makes things quite interesting. Um, so if you're not going to get at least you know, some – I don't even know where you start with those two, um, but somebody's going to give up a lot for them. And I think as an owner, what I would do is hold out as long as I could, obviously, to try to recoup some of that need, especially in the running back with Fournette. We know that he's a workhorse. We know what he can do. And Dockway is, is, you know, the anchor of a defensive line that's kind of been rebuilt. And we don't know if he's going to be there or not. I think those are the two most important players on the team. And that tells you something about the organization right now. Uh, I don't know how it's going to go. But I do not believe them to be in Jacksonville uh, in December, no. Yeah, I I don't think that they'll be in Jacksonville by then. Um, and Gakwe, I believe, will be gone before the season starts. Leonard Fournette might be in a situation where he's either going to be traded in plays before the uh, contract, before the trade deadline, or he's just not going to play. And then the Jacksonville might be stuck having to find a situation. But the issue at hand for a business standpoint is um, when somebody voices that they don't want to be there, the value in return tanks severely. So getting a first and second round pick, it's not going to happen. They're on one-year deals. They're not on a multi-year deal. They're not doing... um, they're not doing anything that is contributing long-term. And on top of that, too, Leonard Fournette hasn't exactly been healthy. He's had injury concerns you know, with the calf, the hamstring, things like that. And the running back market, I mean, there's not a lot of teams that need a running back. The only one I can think of that Kyle and I would probably agree with off the top, Tampa. You put Tampa behind you know, Tom Brady, yeah. that's better than Ronald Jones in a heartbeat. So... Uh, you and then you got you know Gakwe that value from him teams will teams will give it give him you know Jacksonville a good trade for it the problem is um like we before we discussed it I didn't even know that they were having any issues with it until um Jacksonville is basically refusing to trade him because he doesn't want to be there now if it was something like a mutual thing like there, like money wasn't involved but he wanted to play I think that Jacksonville have a little bit more, more wiggle room but they're not. So I, I, I don't, at the end of the day, they're both not going to be there come trade deadline for sure. hundred percent. Yep. I think that they're both going to be gone. So, and then that leaves like um, your best player, probably around Josh Lambeau. And he's the kicker. Hey, you got uh, Josh Allen too, your defensive, uh, your defensive end that you guys stole from in the draft, but it's just, yeah. And he's Jacksonville, great. I mean, the Jacksonville wheel just seems like it always turns. You know, you guys draft like a good player in the first round. Like you had, you drafted Jalen Ramsey, drafted Leonard Fournette, Josh Allen, Dante Fowler Jr. I mean, we're not even talking about Blake Bortles. Like that's just nobody's gonna talk I don't about know that. What that <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Wait, like that, can we hold on. Talk about that, please. Hold on. <laughs> Blake Bortles has the same, actually has a better career uh, completion percentage than Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I mean, but um, come on, man. Like, hey, <laughs> hey uh, Kyle, no, yes, no one, it, that doesn't matter. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't matter, man. That doesn't matter. Because Aaron Rodgers has won a Super Bowl and uh, is uh, he, I don't even know if he has an arm. I think he might have like an actual like howitzer cannon on his right cannon. shoulder. <laughs> yeah, I don't, whatever. Disagree. But, you know, like, Jacksonville, I don't know what it is. I, I can't figure it out. They're like a, I mean, how, I don't know how you put it. The The owner has invested a lot of money into their program and then just like doesn't get a lot of talent. I don't know if it's the talent or what. 
I'll tell you one big problem. And this this is the same conversation I had. You guys know I'm a wrestling fan. It's no secret. So to mix a little bit of wrestling talk in here, the Khan family also owns AEW, uh, the newest wrestling promotion that's supposed to combat WWE and supposed to be like the new competition. And this is the same argument I give their fans. Like it, it's the the Khan family. They're very they're very very good materialistic owners. And stop me if I'm wrong, Chris, because you've known this team and this family longer than I have. But the Khan family, they're very good materialistic owners. They're, everything's going to look good. Everything Like that stadium, Jacksonville's uh, football stadium is honestly now, after the renovations and everything, probably a top five stadium in the NFL. And I'm just being honest, dude. If you've never been there, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Everything is set up great. It's easy to get in and out of that place. But, they, I mean, they can't run things on the inside. And this is – you brought it up, Marcus. It's a perfect example. They start to get there, and then it's – they don't just fall back to like eight and eight, seven and nine. They fall down to four and twelve, or I mean, even worse in some occasions. I mean, I, I don't even, I won't get there to what I have them doing this year yet. But I think this is going to be a bad year for Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. It's yeah, it just is what it is. All right, speaking of talent, you know, possibly with how Jacksonville could do this year, there's actually a solid chance you guys could grab Trevor Lawrence. In this 2021 NFL draft, besides the quarterback issues you guys have, what other positions would you like for your team to address between now and then? Um, probably, obviously, I want to see the deep, the defensive line develop. Uh, maybe you need to go get some stronger points in, in the backfield. If you're going to get rid of Fournette, you need to go after somebody new. Um, that needs to be addressed immediately. Um, at least if you're going to be strong somewhere, make the strong better. Um, defensive line, make it the best that it could be. If it could be top three in the NFL, five in the NFL, then try to do that and build upon that. You know, just build your strength and then and then worry about the weaknesses because I don't see us um, being all that great this year. But I think our offense will be electric. Uh, I would rather see improvement on defense Keep improving on defense. If you can make it better, make it better. Um, leave the offense alone. Let's see what Minshew can do. Um, let's see what those guys can do. And, you know, we got a flashy wide receiver out of Colorado. And let's see what he can do. So I'm more worried about the defense not playing as a team than the offense putting out numbers. Um, so stick it on defense. Leave it on defense. Let's make it as best we can. Build around the D-line kind of like that almost Super Bowl team and try to get back there. Yeah, I agree uh, 100%. Got to start on defense. I mean, every every great Super Bowl team has had at least a, a top 10 defense, it seems like. You, you know you know what I mean? It's like these teams like Jacksonville, they, they don't have anything right now. And Josh Allen is the, the only guy that they're going to have, I assume, by the time the season starts because I agree with the – with the committee here that Yannick Ngakwe is not going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar by week one, whenever week one might be. But uh, I, they, they got to start on the defensive line. They also, they got to get some wide receivers, man. I, I don't, the, the height, the highest touted wide receiver that I think Jacksonville has had in the last 10, 15 years was like Justin Blackman or Alan Hearns. And that's, that's kind of unacceptable to me when you're trying to, when you're trying to build a new face of the franchise at the quarterback position. I personally think that Gardner Minshew is good enough to win some games. I don't think that he's going to be the quarterback to win the division or anything. Not in a, not in a division with the Colts uh, where the Colts are just becoming like, it almost seems like they're trying to be the next elite team in the AFC. But I think that Gardner Minshew can can get them into the wild card spot eventually, but they they I don't know, man. Where do you start with a team like this? You know, I really, really, really like Minshew. Um, he might lose us some games, but he's a lot of fun to watch. He's entertaining, and and that's what I look for in football. Yeah, he's he's probably not a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but. Let's just keep him around for three or four years to see what kind of crazy stuff he does, you know, because uh, we don't normally – I mean, Jacksonville's kind of built on crazy stuff. But, but it, I I say keep Minshew and not go get Trevor Lawrence. I know that sounds insane, but I just want to see what kind of stuff he can do for the next four years at least. Like, keep him around, 
maybe play around with him if he's good enough to be traded come that time. But he seems like a Jacksonville guy. He's a lot of fun to watch, play football, and I don't mind keeping him there. I don't blame you at all. I like him a lot too. I love the I love the mustache, but you know he's got that that Washington State blood. And there's a couple of those quarterbacks out there now, man. That they're they're pretty good players. Those guys have cannons on them. So we'll see. Mike Leach usually puts out pretty good product. All right, so let's get into the meat of this conversation. The whole reason that we do this, I want to know your prediction: wins and losses for the 2020 Jacksonville Jags, assuming that we play a full 16 game regular season. Um, I think that Jacksonville. I'll just give you a win total because then you'll know the loss total because we're not making the playoffs. Um, <laughs> But I'll say that Jacksonville wins five games this year. Five. I can. I mean, it's it's respectable. I think for this roster. I, I unfortunately, I think that that's kind of best case scenario. I'm sorry to cut you off, Marcus, but go ahead. Yeah, that's. I agree. Um, I'm going to say two and fourteen. It's probably going to be a battle between Jacksonville and the Washington. Washington. For the number <laughs> one pick, the untitled Washington, Washington football team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, though, I mean, this roster needs a lot of a lot of work. You've got a division now where you've got Tennessee, who's got a top tier defense, and Tannehill and Derrick Henry coming back for a multi year contract. The Colts are—I don't know how the Colts do it, man, but the Colts just seem like they win every off season. They did really well drafting, and then you got Texans with Deshaun Watson. I mean, I know Bill O'Brien is basically trying to burn the Texans but until Deshaun Watson leaves or gets traded for a six-round pick and a 41-year-old wide receiver I don't anticipate this you know (laughs) the Texans will still be somewhat competitive but yeah that's it's tough Uh, you guys need a when I say a restart I mean you said something about Gardner Minshew but Trevor Lawrence could do what I mean, he's a he's a generational talent. He honestly is. He could do what Kyler Murray's doing for Arizona right now. You know, Arizona is terrible, and they might be. Arizona is going to be a team to watch out for this year, I think. So, um, yeah, it's just two and fourteen is what I got. I got you guys winning week nine against the Texans at home and week twelve against the Browns at home. That, that that's about it. Other than that, it's it's going to be a rough season for you, brother. Yeah, I was thinking he. I was thinking you definitely got us beating the Browns at home, right? Because <laughs> we played that game this year. And by the way, I've tried to get tickets to that, and it's like hard to get tickets to that single game. I'm like, come on, man. I mean, the ones I want at least. But So I really do uh, – I think two wins, five wins, somewhere in there is about right. Um, I do think that we beat the Dolphins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that game is uh, going to be a dub. And then, obviously, we win versus the Browns. And I think that we win at least two division games. Um, and then one toss-up, fluke, you know, somehow the Jags beat the Steelers at home on whatever, a last-second field goal or something like that. I, that's why I think we get to five five wins. Just the parity in the NFL, even though I think our roster does need huge improvements on the defensive side of the ball, I think that offense will eventually be fine and fun to watch. Um, but Five wins, max. Low wins, probably none. None, unless we just consider that Dolphins game a dub. (laughs) Well, listen, I don't know what the secret ingredient in the chicken is, but I haven't had it in a while, and it sounds like you put something a little special in there. Because you're you're not beating the Dolphins. We're just going to go ahead and knock that one down. You're not not beating Miami. As a matter of fact, you're not winning until week nine. Um, But I have you going three and 13. Uh, but all three of your wins are at home. Good for a season ticket holder, if you know any. Uh, I have you winning three out of four games, actually, but those three being your only three wins, uh, sadly. I have you beating Houston at home, you beat Pittsburgh at home, and then you beat Cleveland at home. Three and 13 for the Jags. Uh, I just, man, they're going to struggle, and it's going to be sad to see. But uh, All right, Chris. We're used to it. Hey, that's fair enough. <laughs> well, hey man, do you We're have any uh, final? <laughs> do you have any final thoughts you want to deliver to everybody? Um, no, no, I'm good. Just uh, come check us out at Bose on Thomas Drive. Kyle's a good buddy of mine, and uh, if 
if you don't know him, you should go harass him on his Facebook. That would be fun. <laughs> I want to say that because I don't have a Facebook. And, uh, you know, come check out Bo's and go Jag. All right, man. We appreciate you giving us your time. Hey, thanks, brother. Thank you. All right, guys, we are out of here. We will be back on Monday to get started on the AFC East. My division, baby. My division. I'm excited. We got, we'll see you guys then.